That is great. So we expect a powerful message that the Lord has laid on your heart this morning. Uh, let's just pray. Dear Lord, we come before you this morning, and again, we pray for James and the words you have laid on his heart. And uh, we just pray that you will guide him, that he will speak your words, not his own. And uh, we give all of this to you, Lord, in the precious name we pray. Amen. All yours. Thank you, thank you. Father, I thank you that this is your ground. I take my shoes off because I don't want to hold it. It's yours. I give it to you. As this message is your message that you gave me for this area, for this region, I thank you for all that you're doing here, that we bring glory to your name. Amen. I, um, I take my shoes off quite a bit because in the Old Testament, when you had your shoes on and you would walk, it meant that you had taken authority or you owned that. And wherever I go, I don't want to own it. I want him to own it. And I want to present myself to him so that he can work through me. And as Greg said, I have my son and my daughter-in-law here and my two-month-old grandson. So Carson and Diana and Haven. And then I have my wife, Daniela. And then I have my brother, Desmond, who is here. Um, Desmond, I've known him most of my life now. And, uh, and truly, my brother. Uh, worship team... Um, it's really important that you understand how much of a weapon you are. If you remember Jehoshaphat when he was going to battle, what did the Lord say to him? Put your psalmist and your musicians first, and I'll fight for you. I'll take you there. And so when they went out and they started playing, the enemy destroyed himself. That's what happens here. So when you come here, it's a great responsibility, but it's a great weapon. Because you're not entertaining people, you're, you're bringing them to enter in. You're not performing, you're praising. And he inhabits the praises of our people. If you're not praising, you're performing, then you're restricting what the Spirit of God wants to do in your congregation. It's so important for this. And so, great job. I, I love the, the heart that you have. And uh, as I was listening to you praise and, and sing, I know that your heart is there. And that it is praise and it is entering in. And so thank you for the great work that you do. We can all applaud for that. <laughs> That's great. And congratulations on your engagement. So as I was preparing for this message, actually, uh, when Greg and I, uh, we met, we talked about what it would look like if I were to come here. Um, immediately, the Lord was dropping onto my, into my spirit what he was doing in this region and specifically what he's doing with uh, this body here. And uh, the scripture that, that he gave me for you was... Oh, did I advance it too much? Did I hold it? So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. How many believe there's apostles today? How many believe there's prophets? We know more about false prophets and real prophets, but there, there are prophets here. How many believe that there's evangelists, pastors, teachers? Agreed. And so this is to equip who? He has sent us the fivefold ministry to equip you, us as a congregation, to do what? to do the work of the ministry, to build up the body. And so what is that? Next one. He says, if you love me, Christ says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. What are the commandments that he gave us just before he left? This is going to be a little bit of a challenging message because we're going to be doing things that we're not comfortable with after we hear this. I'll tell you, I'll give you an example of something that happened to me last night when I was out walking and praying for you. So here's the Great Commission. Um, they went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, 
baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. So in the New Testament, there's about 1,500 commandments. In the Old Testament, there's 613. And so in the, in the New Testament, there's some like pray without ceasing. So those are commandments. Uh, Jesus is specifically talking about a, a couple of different things um, here where we have to, where he's asking us to go. And when they encounter us, he wants them to encounter Christ. He wants them to encounter himself. So making disciples is making disciples after Christ. And so what does a disciple do? Here's the other commission. There's two accounts of it. Uh, Mark has another account. He says, go into the world and preach the gospel at all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever doesn't believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. How many here praying and going to the deliverance, drive out demons? It says they will speak with new tongues. They'll pick up snakes and, with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. And they place hands on the sick and they will get well. How many here pray for the sick? So we see that we're, we're actually acting out and working some of his commandment here. But there's a few things that, that we're not doing very well. And the enemy tries to get a foothold in. And, uh, and he tries to disrupt our community. But what he's challenging us to do in these days, because as in Joel 2 and Acts 2, it says he's pouring out his, his spirit upon all flesh. And that's us. This is the day that he's talking about. And so there's people out there that are bound. They're uh, suppressed, oppressed, depressed, obsessed, and possessed. And they need to be set free. And sometimes we walk right by them. And uh, they're, they're okay with that because they're staying in that and they think it's normal. And our society today is given a name for just about everything. Obsessive compulsive disorder. When you see obsessive, that's a, a demonic entity that's actually causing this to happen. And they need to be set free. Are we willing to help people get set free? Are we going to pray? Are we going to do this? Because he's asking us to do this. Why does he do that? Because he puts value in everyone. He came. He did nothing wrong. He allowed us to crucify him, kill him on a cross so that we could have life. And so other people could have life. And he gave us all authority. So these people that are oppressed, depressed, possessed, can be set free so they can bring glory to his name. Does that make sense? And how does he do that? He says, you will receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. He was prophesying to the day today because it wasn't just for the Jews. It's for the Gentiles. It's for everyone. So he's empowered us to do the works that he said he was, we're, we're going to do. He says, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater works than these because I'm going to the Father. So we believe in him. And so those are the works that he's asking us to do. I, um, this message is really, and I, the title of the message is Monday Morning Faith. And the reason why I, I was given that and the Lord was telling me is the enemy would love for us to come to a building and say, here's your faith. This is it. This is how you're going to serve Christ in his fullness. Then you're going to go outside of this building. You're going to live your life. And you're going to take a portion of what you heard today and you're going to apply it for yourself. But everything that we have is to draw us closer to Christ so that we can have some radical abandonment from ourselves to bring glory to his name. We do not want to be the obstacle for someone else's blessing. 
this, when it talks about the fivefold ministry, for the perfecting of the saints to do the work of the ministry, is so that we can see ourselves less and Christ more. When John the Baptist saw Christ coming, he says, he must increase, I must decrease. If we wake up every day doing that and say, Holy Spirit, you're the one that orders my steps. You're a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. I have over 50 people in my prayer list, and I'll send off um, a flame, praying hands, and an eagle. I'll send off at 1, 2, or 3 in the morning, whatever time I'm praying for them. The flame is just this, that you'll, you'll be given the Holy Spirit. The Holy, we're baptized with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Fire is a refining process to get rid of the impurities. When we present ourselves as a living sacrifice, we're looking at that flame, and it's, it's going to remove the things that would hinder God's love in our lives so people can experience God's love from him. And so when I'm praying, I say, Father, I thank you that as he is praying today or as she is praying today, that she is praying according to your will, that her steps, his steps are ordered of you, that you're a lamp under their feet, a light under their path, that your spirit of truth will lead them and guide them into all truth, and people will see your truth in them so that they know that you are the one true living God. And as they're praying by your spirit, your spirit is aligned with you, so they pray according to your word. And if they pray according to your word, that you hear them, and they have the petitions desired of you to receive whatever they ask in prayer, believing. And Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word never passed away. So if we pray according to your word, then it's eternal. It never gets, it's never aged. It always stays there. So I thank you that you're praying according to your word. And when they pass from this life, that prayer is still there. I thank you that they're not praying to have you move, but they're actually coming into it by your spirit so that they can see you moving. And as you move, they move. As you speak, they speak. You're, from your heart to their heart, that's how you're doing it. And as the enemy comes in, just like the eagle, you'll mount up with wings of eagles. You're running up, you're weary. You're walking that faint. I thank you that the eagle, when the storms come in, it soars above it. And soaring doesn't mean it's a lot of work. It means it's just, it just has an expanse of its wings. I thank you, Father, that they will see that you're the one that's lifting them above the storms. And when those, those hindrances come, like other birds that will peck at them, that they don't, they don't get too concerned about those hindrances, that they actually rise above it. And when they get to an altitude, those birds will fall away. And then they're free to see and glide and move as you move, that they will see the things that you see from the, from the elevation that you would have them see it. I thank you, Father, that today is their day. And that as they are walking through their day, that this is your action for them. And then this is their action for you. Those are the prayers that I I love praying at one, two, three in the morning for people. Because I want them to experience the fullness of what God is doing as, as I'm experiencing it. Because I get excited about it. I'll give you an example. Um. My wife and I uh, spent a lot of time in hospital with her father. He had a stroke, and as we spent a lot of time in the hospital, um, my wife went every day for about um, uh, 16 hours a day, 18 hours a day. She would run home when I would get there, and she would shower, and she'd come back. And, uh, and as we were there, we, we were able to meet different people. And there is this one couple that was there and they had a 22 year old daughter that had a tumor and it wasn't looking good and so they were doing the same kind of thing they were doing shift work they were doing the uh the father during the day the mother at night and uh so my wife actually got to know them before I did and the one day I was coming from out of town and I I drove there and I'm praying and uh and as I was praying uh there's some things that were that were coming to my heart about what was happening at the hospital and what God was asking me to do. And I said, I'll do whatever you ask me to do. And then my wife asked me the one time uh, previously, she said, you shouldn't introduce yourself to them. Um, they're really, really nice. And I said, okay. So as I'm driving to the hospital that day, the Lord said, 
introduce yourself to them. I said, okay, I'll do that. How, what does that look like? And he says, don't worry, I'll make way for you. I said, okay. So I get to the hospital. I go to the eighth floor, and I, I go to the room where that family is. And there's different people there. And I come in and say, hi, my name is James Richards. And I met the, uh, the mother. I met the father. And as I looked, there was one seat remaining that was open, and it was right beside the young girl. So I sat down. And I said, look, I'm here just to introduce myself, but I like to pray. And I said to the young girl, I said, I'm praying for you. And she was um, fixated on the TV, um, very little response. And, uh, and so we talked for a little, maybe five minutes, uh, just to, for some minor salutations. And then I went to see my, my wife and my father-in-law. I think it was about uh, two weeks that went by, and I was driving out of, from out of town back to the hospital again, and uh, I went by the, uh, the eighth floor to this uh, young girl's room, and, and it was empty. It was all made up. It was cleaned. I went to see my wife, and she says, oh, my goodness. She said, uh, are they back? I said, what are you talking about? She said, they were both crying today. They were very emotional. There's something serious that went on. And next thing you know, they're all, they're all gone. And I was just wondering if they made it back to the room. And I said, no, it's empty. She goes, it's been empty all day. I said, oh, boy. And uh, so we're, we're praying for them. And uh, about 30 minutes later, my wife says to me, James, why don't you go and see if they're back? I said, back from where? She goes, I don't know. Can you go and see if there's anybody there? I said, sure. Actually, I said, no. I said, no, I just went by. It's 30 minutes. And then I thought, Lord, are you trying to get my attention? You must be trying to get my attention. Okay, I said, I'm going to go. So I, I left. I walked to the room, and it was empty. And I said, Lord, you're trying to get my attention for something. What are you doing? Because I know you speak to me. And he said, go to ICU. I said, what floor is ICU? He said, okay. So I'm going to go to the elevator, and I look, and course it's labeled ICU so I push ICU and as I'm going down I said where am I going who am I going to see what do you what do you want me to do I if if the girl is in ICU then they're not going to let me in what am I doing he says you're going to deliver a message to her mother so where's her mother and I come out of the elevator and he says she's in the waiting room so I walk over and I'm looking in the windows and I, I look and I see a woman sitting there and I see a man standing up, and he's looking up at the, uh, the windows. And I said, Lord, that's not her. That's not the mother. He said, yes, it is. I said, no, it doesn't look like her. He says, that's her. I said, okay, well, I'm going to walk in. And, uh, and I walked in. I looked, and it didn't look like her. She, her hair was straight, and she had it pulled back. And I thought, it's not her. And so I walked past her, and I'm looking out the window like the guy. And uh, I said, Lord, that's not her. So what am I doing here? He said, turn around. So I turned around. I looked at her. She looked at me. She goes, hi. I said, hi. I said, Sabina. Sorry, I don't want to drop any names. But anyways, I said, Sabina. I said, um, I'm going to tell you a couple of stories. I said, and then I'm going to tell you why the Lord brought me here. So I told her a story of how the Lord led me to a 70-year-old lady that was dying of, of cancer. And... Uh, and I didn't know how to get there. He led me to her house. I didn't really pray for her, but I prayed a lot before I got there. And when I prayed, I just I said goodbye, and I said, bless you, Gail. And five months later, she's back to work. She had stage four cancer. They didn't want to operate, but she's back to work, and, and she was fine, cancer-free. So I was explaining this to Sabina. And I said, Sabina, the reason why I say that, I said, is because the Lord directed me to you to give you this announcement. I said that your daughter is going to be fine. She goes, I hope so. I said, no, 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 you don't understand. This is a declaration, a proclamation that the Lord has given me for you. It's not about what you're hoping for. God is telling me that he's giving it to you and that your daughter is going to be fine. And she goes, okay. And I said, I'm going to pray. So I just started praying. I didn't even ask her if I could pray. And I started praying. I thanked him for the miraculous power that he's doing. I said, I know you're in the room right now and that you're working on her and that she's going to 
be complete as you have told me. And I've been obedient to you and to what you've asked me to do. And I thank you. And I, I continue to pray. And then I said to uh, the mother, Sabina, I said, Sabina, you have nothing to worry about. She's going to be fine. And she goes, okay. And uh, she said, well, they said, you know, it's, it's not good. I said, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the report of the doctor says. It's report of the Lord. That's more important. And she said, okay. And so I left. So this was on a Friday. A Saturday morning, Daniela and I and her father-in-law, her father, we were in the, in the room upstairs. It was a common room, a TV room, whatever you want to call it. And he was in the wheelchair. And uh, we see this crowd go by the, uh, the room. And I look, and then I see Sabina at the end. So I walk out. And I said, Sabina, I said, who is that? And I look, and it's her daughter walking on the floor. Two weeks later, she was in rehabs, and two weeks after that, she went home. When God declares something, it's, it's done. We have to have that faith. The faith that I have for that came from this centurion soldier. I said, Jesus, you don't have to come to my home. You just have to speak it. I can tell you, I can stand here for hours and tell you about the miraculous power of God and that that's happened. When people talk about cancer, they go, oh, cancer. See, Adam, when Adam was created, he was a newborn at 30 years old. God made every part of him at 30 years old. And then he also creates us in the womb. So I, I really believe that as I'm praying and I say, Lord, what does that mean? He says, what I do in the womb, what I do outside the womb, it's not, a, it's not hard for me. Think about when Peter cut the ear off and I put it back on. He says, that is not hard for me, and it's not hard for you. Equally as much, as when we talk about healing, and a lot of us pray for healing, deliverance is just that. It's not a hard thing. It just takes action. We have to know who we are and what we're doing. So it talks about here and all of them were healed. So when we walk in the spirit, we're looking and we're, we're hearing what God is doing. Just like I, I want to walk in the spirit all the time. When I'm praying and coming back to the hospital, I'm thinking, God, what are you doing today? What would you have me do? I want to be obedient to you. And I said to him a long time ago, I said, whatever you ask me to do, I might be afraid to do it, but I'll do it anyways because I know it's you asking me. And that's me getting comfortable being uncomfortable because I don't want to be an obstacle for their blessing. So when, when we talk about, you know, um, the disciples... Peter's shadow might fall on them as he passed by. They were looking for healing. That is the presence of God on him. He's walking in the spirit. See, there's a difference between being moved by the spirit and walking in the spirit. King Saul, when he walked by the prophets and they were prophesying and he started to prophesy, they said, is Saul even a prophet because he's prophesying? No, he was moved by the spirit then. But walking in the spirit is a continuation of that where people look at us and they think and they see that we change the atmosphere. And they know that just a shadow can heal them. The woman with the issue of blood says, if I just touch his garment, I'm healed. The thing about this, and I'm going to get to, I will get to the prophetic word over this part of the body in a minute. Um, is that whenever you see whenever you see the glory of God on the scene you'll see demons that manifest and so here we see it 
that when they arrived on the other side, the region of Gadarenes, two demon-possessed men coming from the tombs met him. They were so violent, no one could pass away. What do you want with us, son of God? They shouted. Have you come here to torture us before the appointed time? They shouted out. How many have ever seen somebody who's been possessed by demons? A few of us. So last night, and I always pray for confirmation from my messages. So last night, I'm at home, and I really feel, felt expeditiously that I had to go and walk and pray. So I put on praise music, and I, and I live close to Ganacho Trail. And so it's uh, just a couple houses away from Ganacho Trail. So I put on the praise music, and I start walking as I'm praying in the spirit. I'm walking down, and I walked maybe a quarter of a mile and I saw this gentleman on a bike and I don't know him very well and I haven't had a lengthy discussion with him but he I was walking and praying and I put my eyes up and I saw him and he saw me and go hey and then he stopped and turned around and he came back and he was talking to me and he was just talking about you know his walk and I am listening and I'm thinking Lord what are you doing here there's some there's a message here what is the message And then he starts talking about his mother that passed away. And he said that he woke up one night um, about 2 o'clock in in the middle of the night and he heard his mother call his voice. And he got scared and he thought, what is that? And then he said, he said out loud, if I hear it again, then I know it's my mother's voice. And he heard it again and he heard it behind him. So he turned and he looked and he saw his mother sitting on a on a chair behind him. And he said she was glowing and and, uh, she looked beautiful. He said, but I didn't feel it was beautiful. And that impacted him. And he said that he started to uh, go into a deep depression. And he felt oppressed. And he said that he started getting suicidal thoughts so much that he actually called the helpline Uh, one day because he put a a rope and he was going to hang himself. And he's telling me this. And I said, well, that's demonic. I said, that's an oppressive spirit. And I said, and it's trying to take you out. And he said, I know. So I started sharing with him. And then I said, well, here's what we're going to do. I said, we're going to take care of this right now. I said, in your house, I'm going to pray for your house. I don't have to go there, but my prayer is is there right away. So we're gonna, I'm going to deliver you. So I prayed and I delivered him from that oppressive demonic spirit. And he started to cry. And he said, you know what? He said, Jesus brought me to you today because I needed this. And he's crying. He said, oh, I thank Jesus. Thank Jesus. He was set free. And so when we hear these things, when these attacks are happening on people, take action right away. Like, I, I didn't say to him, I'm going to go home and pray. He's like, no, I'm going to deliver you. I'm going to set you free right now. And then it, it doesn't take a lot to set somebody free. Uh, the one scripture here, I think I might have passed it. Anyways, it says a simple command drove out the spirit. The demonic wants you to think that they have more authority than you, that you have to wrestle with them, but you don't. It's a simple command. Come out. If you're asking your child to get out of the house because it's burning, what do you say? Get out. And it's a command. It's a firm, assertive command. So the reason why I'm saying all this, I've got to be conscious of time here, is um, as I was praying for, for this body and knowing that you're going to have a new pastor, that means that you're going to another glory. God takes us from glory to glory. He does it individually and he does it corporately. And so he's taking you to another level. And so that's an elevation change, similar to what I'm talking about with the eagle. 
how it raises you up. And as you go higher, then you have more opposition. As Jesus, when he went to the gatherings, the first thing that happened is he was met with opposition. And when he delivered that opposition, those brothers, they went and there was revival that started. Whenever you see the glory of God come on the scene, there's going to be a manifestation of evil. So today in this world, there's a lot of evil that's raising up. It's not that it's new. It's always been there. It's just now we're seeing a manifestation because the glory of God is raising up. And this is, this is a response to what's happening in the body of Christ. Does that make sense? So the devil can't defeat God, but he tries to mislead people from him. And our job, what the commission is, is to go and preach the gospel. So go into all the world. So where is the mission field? Where is the gospel to preach? The mission field is right outside these doors. That's why it's, I say it's Monday morning faith, because today you're, you're, you're being imparted into a direction by the Spirit of God to walk it out for the glory of God. So Monday, when you wake up, you want Monday to be better than any other day. You want it to be more intimate with him than any other day. Jesus in the Gospels, he sent off 72 disciples. And when they went out, they came back and they said, Jesus, even the demons respond to your name, for the authority of your name. And he said, basically he said this, that's great. He says, but don't glory or don't take too much or don't pay too much attention to that because your names are written in Lamb's Book of Life. That's where your focus is. So spiritual idolatry is I'm doing the work for God. Look what happens in your name, what I did for you in your name. And he's saying the value is the relationship you have with me and that your name is written in Lamb's Book of Life. This here is, is for them, so they are introduced to me, not introduced to you. And so he was bringing attention to that. And I, I make it similar to Mary and Martha. Jesus went to Mary and Martha's house, and they were going to have dinner there. And Martha was busy getting things ready to prepare a meal for Jesus, and she's doing all the work. And she says to Jesus, Jesus, can you tell Mary to come and help me? It's not fair that I'm doing all this work. And she is sitting there doing nothing. And he says, Martha, Martha, why do you worry about these things? Mary has chosen a better position. And how many of us get into that position where we try to tell God what to do? Because we want to do a work for him. And we want him to tell people to do them for us. So in what this church body is, is called to do may not be what the other church body is called to do. And if you're praying and saying, God, why aren't they on board with what we're doing? Can you get them to do this? Then you're doing the work of God. But Mary, he says she chose a better thing. She was with him. You want to do the work with him. And that's why I pray. Father, I pray that they don't pray that they try to move you. I pray that they pray to see you moving so they can join footstep with you and walk it out with you and that's what I want for me so today what is it yesterday it was to deliver this guy it was to deliver this gentleman from being oppressed and suicidal where he was set free and it completely cleansed and he even said that he felt something just leave a heaviness just leave out of his head he says and something just the pressure in his chest it left it's gone. There's so many people out there like that. And you're going to encounter these people. So the reason why I say all that is the prophetic word that the Lord showed me about this church here, this body, is in the name. When I was praying for you, and I said, what is it that you're doing here? And he said, it's in the name. I said, what is that? And he said, a meadow. And you shall be past, pastures 
and medals for shepherds and folds for flocks. That means it's a training center. You will be a training center for other people. And you'll be teaching them on some of the things that the Spirit of God is leading. You know the gifts of the Spirit. There's three, three uh, positions of the gifts of the Spirit. There's the prophetic, there's the power, and there's the inspirational. And I, I've experienced all three of those. The miraculous healings, the prophetic utterances, and the inspirational words, prophetic words to people. I, that's something that happens to me all the time. I'll give you an example. If we're walking as God says we're walking and we walk in the spirit, everywhere we go, we want to know what, what the Lord is doing, what he has us there for, because our steps are ordered of him. How many believe your steps are ordered of him? Amen. I'm in Costco and I'm walking in there and I feel the spirit of God so strong. And I said, I said, Lord, is there a believer in here? And he said, no, James, you're translating it wrong. He says, I'm telling you, there's a believer in here that you need to speak to. I said, this is great. Where is he? So I'm walking through Costco and I just get there and I'm excited. As I'm walking through, I don't get, I don't get this inspiration and I'm walking and walking, and I, I'm very systematic the way I walk through Costco. I don't know if you guys have ever been there. Well, of course you have, but I'm systematic the way I go through. I have a pattern. I have, I have a purpose. I'm deliberate. I'm intentional. And so as I'm going through this, I get over to the, the frozen food section with the doors, and, and I come up, and then there's a gentleman that walks by me, and the Lord says, he's mine. I said, okay, I'm going to... What is it that you want me to say to him? He said, go up to him and ask him. If I were to see you that God is good all the time, what would you say? He says, and I'll tell you what to say after that. I said, okay. So as I walk up to him, I say, hi. And he looked at me and he goes, hello. And I said, I'm over there praying, and the Lord asked me to ask you this question. If I say to you that God is good all the time, what do you say? He says, all the time God is good. I said, amen. I said, well, here's what I, I really believe the Lord is saying. I said, you know what? I said, in the last six months, you've gone through a lot of things, but in the last six months, God has turned it around and that he's restoring to you what the enemy tried to take. And you're, you're going to go through this and you're going to be very conscious of what he did in the past and you're going to press on. But he's rebuilding your life and your relationships. Just like in Nehemiah, when Nehemiah was building the wall and he, was, he was, had opposition that he had a, a weapon in one hand and he was restoring the wall with the other. I said, and that's what he's doing in your life and in your family. And he said, hang on a second. And he passed me an earbud. He said, listen to this. I said, okay. And so I listened to it. He was walking through Costco, listening to the Bible, and he was at the part where Nehemiah was building the wall. That's how God is doing things. And I say that not to bring attention to me because there's no way that I could do that. But it's a radical abandonment from ourselves to bring glory to our Heavenly Father. He's doing that here. You're going to experience this. And so that's why he was saying that uh, you, you shall be pastors and meadows for shepherds and folds of flocks, for flocks. Folds, a shepherd, a, a fold is where everyone here knows what a fold is for, for flocks. I'm sure you do. And, uh, and he also said, this area shall become the possession for the remnant of the house of the Lord. So he needs trailblazers. He needs people that will step out of their comfort zone and lead the way. And that's what he's asking you to do. Are you willing to do that? Because he's told me that he's doing that with you. So it's good that you're willing <laughs> and then he also said, he said, so meadow is, is that part of it. And then there's brook. And the brook part, it's in, in, as in Judges, where Gideon was getting ready for battle. And the Lord said, you have too many. You have too many. And then specifically, um, Judges five, 7, 5 to 7, where he says, okay, go to the brook. And those that will bring the water up and stay alert... He says, those are the ones that, that you'll take. The ones that bend down to drink the water, he says, they're going home. So what that means is this. 
is God doesn't need a lot of numbers. He just needs the ones that are like Gideon, that are, are alert and building his kingdom. Like, or sorry, just like Nehemiah, that are building the wall. They're alert and building the wall. And Gideon, where they're drinking the water, they're alert and looking around to make sure that they're looking for danger. And that's what the prophetic does. That's what the watchmen do. And so there's some of you that are here that have a watchman call that you see things before other people see things. And sometimes they reject some of the things that you're seeing, but that's okay. Because you're standing in the gap for other people. So you have watchmen here. You have seers here that are on alert. And it doesn't take a lot of them. And this is what the Lord was telling me. That just as in Judges, where Gideon didn't need a lot of people, I don't need a lot. I need those committed people. And I'm going to ask them to get committed. And, and some of them that aren't as alert as others, it's not that they're not part of it. They're just not being worked on and, and ministering as the ones that would. So there's some of you that will, will venture off and go into that battle that will be delivering and setting people free. There's some of you that will be seers, that will see things and prophetically speak them out. And all of it is to, for this community. Because it's your sphere of influence. That's what Monday morning faith is. It's wherever you go, you have an anointing on you. And it changes the atmosphere. In your sphere of influence, whether it's at work. And uh, Pete and I worked together um, a while ago. And, and every morning, what I would do when I would go to to work, I would, I would go and say good morning to everybody. And I say, may the Lord bless you and keep you always. And I would pray for them. And then as I would go to different people, I'm trying to discern if they're having a good day, if there's something. And there's different people that would say different things to me. And they'd say, oh, yeah, thank you. And they'd be a little downtrodden. And I said, uh, so what's going on? And they would tell me something and that. I said, okay, let me pray for you. And so I would just pray for them there at their workstation. That's all he wants us to do, is to be available. And in order for the Spirit of God to move the way that he wants us to move, we have to be extremely humble. And we have to want to serve people. Jesus said he didn't come to be served, he came to serve and so in your community, as you go out, it could be, it's 11 or seven. how much time do I have? 10 minutes? It could be anywhere you go. I'll give you another, another uh, example. When you go shopping, don't ever take it for granted because your steps are ordered to him. There is a, a gentleman that was looking, to, looking for employment, and he said that he didn't have his computer was outdated, and he asked me if he could use mine. I said, I can't. I said, mine is a work computer. And the Lord said, buy him one. I thought, oh, boy, here we go. I, so I said to him, I said, listen, I said, can you meet me? I said, I'd like to, uh, I'd like to buy you a computer. He said, are, are you serious? He said, they're expensive. I said, I'm just doing what the Lord asked me to do, and I'm going to be obedient. He said, okay. He said, that would be great. Oh, my goodness. And he was getting very emotional. So I met him at the computer store, and when we were there, um, he was picking out a computer, and the salesperson is doing what he normally does and tries to get the highest value, you know, for our time. And so we said, here's the conditions that we're going to give you for the purchase, and this is what we need. And, and so he really set John up for it. And then I said to him, I said, do you have a computer case? He said, no. I said, okay, we have to get you a computer case. And I said, Lord, what else? And so we're getting a computer case. And then he said, he needs a printer too. I said, okay. I said, uh, what else? <laughs> and, uh, and the Lord's giving me these little downloads. I'm thinking, oh, but I'm speaking to somebody who, the salesperson? I don't know. Who is it that you want me to deliver a message to? And uh, he's got my attention because he's keeping me there. And so I said, okay, we're going to buy you a a printer as well. 
And, uh, and so we talked about all the different printers. I said, look, you're not going to buy a printer where you're going to change the cartridges all the time and it's going to have your, your expenses go crazy. I said, we're going to do it a little differently. So we were very tactful. And we get to the printer, and it's perfect for him. We go to pay, and the printer's not there. It's in back order. I thought, wow, it's on back order. What's going on? And they said, okay, so yeah, you can pay in advance. And when it comes in, we'll call you and you can come pick it up. I said, is there other stores here that we can get it from? No. But if you go to that girl there, um, she'll give you all the information that you need. And, and then you can, um, you can leave and you bring that information back and she'll give you the, the printer. I said, okay, fantastic. So we go there and we're talking to this girl. And I just get a, a revelation of her life very quickly like this. And I said, you recently came back to the, the Lord, I said, and you drifted off. I said, you resisted him and you rebelled against him. I said, but you're back, I said, and, and he is so pleased that you're back serving him. I said, and you have a love for Christ. I said, that, that's been replenished. And what the enemy tried to steal, God has just given it back to you like almost instantly. And I said, and, and he's happy that you're going back to the church. I said, and what church you go to? And she's looking at me. She starts crying and we're in the store, and she's crying. And I said, look, I said, you're forgiven of everything. I said, the Spirit of God is telling me how pleased that Christ is, that you have come back to him, that he left in 99, but he was pursuing you the whole time. You, were, you thought you were leaving, but he pursued you. So you're not back by chance. You're back by design because he pursued you, and he loves you so much. And she's crying, and she goes, you're right. She said, I just came back to the Lord like months ago. And, and she's talking about what's happening with her. If I didn't follow the spirit of God saying, buy him a case, buy him a printer, buy this printer, that opportunity wouldn't have happened. If I wasn't willing to bless somebody and believe that God is ordering my steps and directing me, I could have been an obstacle for her blessing. Instead, I removed myself and what happened with her is she felt that God loved her so much that it brought glory to him. But he's asking you to do the same. And so when, we, when you're looking at a pastor, the reason why the Lord is telling you this is that he's bringing you a pastor that is going to walk in the spirit. And he's going to be ministering to you and encouraging you to do the same as he is doing. As a fivefold ministry, it's for the perfecting of the saints to do the work in the ministry, which is out there. So he's going to be an example for you. He's going to have a love for Christ and, and moving the gifts of the Spirit. And this region here is going to change. It's going to change because of what the Spirit of God is doing through you guys. And it's infectious. When God moves, it draws a crowd and it raises up the heads of the demons. So you're going to be experiencing some deliverance. And, and I believe the new pastor coming here has experience in deliverance. And I can say this, and I'll offer this to you, that if, there is, if there's teaching or sessions that you want in demonology and deliverance, I, I'll, I'll volunteer to come and, and, and do some classes with you. Because a lot of times the enemy has us deceived in thinking that we're less than who we are and that he's greater than who he really is. And it's just an identity. And so there's, there's different stages. And, and there's uh, like this, this gentleman that I saw last night, he goes to church. He goes to a full gospel church. And yet he was oppressed by the enemy. And so it says that um, when Jesus gave, gave the sop to Judas, it says Satan entered into him. And what did he do? He was still performing and doing the works of the ministry. But Satan had taken stronghold in his life. And so I know that you went through uh, a soul care teaching. And that is so important. Because that, is, that gives us the evidence and gives us the, uh, the direction 
to stay away from the sin that would cause the, the open door for the enemy to come in to get a stronghold in the way that we think. He's taking you there. The Spirit of God is taking you there. And so this new pastor coming, and like Greg was saying, that he's already got him. The Spirit of God has him picked out for you. And you'll bear witness to him. But where he's taking you and the pastor, it's to the next level. So how many here are willing and ready to experience all that the Spirit of God has for them? Are you ready for the miraculous to see the miraculous? Don't get caught up on what you see because you're going to experience and see some miraculous like that, that young girl who's 22 that had her brain tumor cured, that seven-year-old lady that had stage four cancer cured and she went back to, to work. Those things are going to happen. The most important thing is that their names and your names are written in Lamb's Book of Life and that we bring glory to him because he puts value in everybody. If we don't put the value in everyone, then we're not followers of Christ. If we put value in, in everything and every person, then we have the love of God in our hearts for them. And without that, it does, there's no drawing to him. It says the love of God draws all men to him. Who is he loving them through? He's loving them through us. And that's my prayer for you, is that your love for God will increase and that yourself will decrease so you have a radical abandonment to bring glory to his name. I'm going to pray. Father, I thank you that I have delivered the message that you gave me and prophesied where you're taking this, this part of the body to bring glory and honor to your name. And that they're going to some new territories. But those territories are already here. And what the enemy thought was secure is no longer secure. And that there's freedom and power in your name, Jesus. And that's the name that we go by. So I thank you that there's an impartation that's happened here today. There's an excitement and there's a challenge for us to walk all of our days, every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, as we do on Sundays. A holy day committed to you, a life committed to you, a holy sacrifice for your service. I thank you for allowing me to come and speak on your behalf and do what you've asked me to do. Jesus, it's because of your finished work on the cross that we have this relationship with our Heavenly Father and that we're empowered by your Spirit. And I thank you. Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place and you're welcome in our lives. And I thank you. Jesus, it's in your name I pray. Amen.